podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie and tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. They've got Carl Henry playing for them. <laughs> Carl Henry's the worst player I've ever seen in the Premier League. And Liverpool have just hung on like no one's business for a nil-nil. We'd all have given our grandmother four on 30 minutes. Fucking hell, John. How do they expect us to sell any books? <laughs> They're not helping us, are they? The football's good in here, you know. Neil, seeing as we're going to be on the last, hopefully, for the day here, uh, and we're going to talk about your book, and you boys are going to talk about your book at length, hopefully at halftime, so these people can hear it. I hope, I hope we're 2-0 up. Let's hope. <laughs> let's hope. <laughs> but, if we're 1-0 down, these people are going to hate me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's still a party. So, could you maybe get the ball rolling on what we wanted to chat about here a little bit today, which is the build-up to this thing, which is why most of us are also here. Uh, how do you feel in comparison with the way the season's gone so, uh, so far, in comparison to last season? We're, we're all upbeat, it's all so happy and exciting, and now, maybe not so much. I think it's, it's, it, there's, two part, look, there's three parts of last season, I'd say. There's what was sort of, the, what was the opening, what happened when Suarez went bananas, and then what happened um, from sort of Arsenal at home onwards, when everybody went bananas. Uh, maybe even before then, Everton, uh, everyone forgets the 4 0 against Everton when Daniel Sturridge lobbed 35 million Evertonians. Um, but I think that at the moment we're still in that sort of first phase. And the concerning thing isn't, for me, entirely what we're doing because we stuttered a little bit last season in terms of the style of play and all that sort of stuff, Trev. It's actually what, what Chelsea, to a certain extent, City are doing is a greater concern because last season I had this thing which I'd say to anyone who asked me. We can break 80, we can't break 90. And that's what I was going around saying. Even in, in September, I was saying, we can break 80, we can't break 90. And I still think we can break 80, we can't break 90. Whereas Chelsea and City can both break 90. And Arsenal can't break 90. United can't break 90. Everton can't break 90. Southampton can get 114. But, <laughs> but my worry, Trev, is that at the minute, Chelsea and City both look as though they've got 90 in them. Whereas, as I say, I, it wouldn't still wouldn't surprise me if we broke 80, got 82, 84, 86. Because we can get on a run, we can get playing. But it's that. That's what worries me. John, is that enough? Um, will that be enough for people, everyone here today? 80 plus, which should safely make us top four. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I want to be kind of, you know, more bullshit than that. But I think, I think it has to, really. I think, you know, I think 
You don't want to, you don't want to talk about transition seasons because we've had a million of them and we're all sick to death of them. We want seasons with big cups and, and parades and you know shiny things, which you still might have. You can still get eighty-two points and win the European Cup. It is you know with, with the kind of football club we can take do that, that John. <laughs> with the kind of football club we can do that. But I think I think it's it, it's maybe has been a bit of a reality check so far this season to see a stutter of it. And then you know we're talking about you know breaking in new players and giving people time. And I think. I want to see us kick on. I want, I want to see us win the league title, and I think we can do it in the next three years. It just, unfortunately, might not be this year. Dave, a very positive, positive man. Tell me why we can win this year. Go on, I'm putting you in the spot, fella. Well, the reality is... Uh... Got to switch it on, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> it is on. <laughs> well, reality is what you make of it. And, you know, I'm one of those fans that believes that we'll win every game we play. So... Chelsea aside, I think everyone looks very in degree. Shit. <laughs> Dave, I'll like that horizontal. So I think that Chelsea aside, everyone looks very in degrees of muck, including ourselves. So really the question is, do Chelsea fall away? And they've had, they've had starts like this before, not just under Mourinho. I mean, they started under Di Matteo like this, and they started under Ancelotti like this. So, you know, I'm, I'm not bought into the give them the title now. I think there's loads of potential in our squad. We haven't quite realised it yet. I think a win today puts us, you know, top four there or thereabouts. And we haven't played well, but we'd be above Arsenal, Spurs and Everton by the end of today. You know, I think there's loads of reasons to be optimistic. I, I don't see any reasons not to be optimistic apart from Chelsea's start. And they've had them before and fallen away. So, you know, nothing's done yet. Phil Casey, you look a bit grey. Have you had a point? <laughs> <laughs> or 20. <laughs> uh, so, with your very, very gloomy head on you, how yes. are you feeling in comparison to all these happy, optimistic chaps? Um, I'd be happy enough to finish plus 80 points um, and in wherever that lands us, great. Because I think the most important thing is to consolidate in the Champions League so that when we go back into the transfer market next, next year, we're again challenging for the best players around. The issue is, having got to the Champions League, you're bringing in a load more games, and we didn't have a squad deep enough last year to take on the Champions League at that point. So it's all about a learning curve, in my, my opinion, for Brendan Rodgers. Um, can we win the league? Who knows what's going to happen in the second half of the season? Maybe we get a couple of players in in January, and that kicks us on again. And we know that since Rodgers has been there, he's been a very strong second half of the season manager. So anything's possible if we're there, thereabouts come around December time, similar to last year. But the, the key now at this will be a points grab up until Christmas. And it was very much similar to, to, to the same point last season because we had a run of three dodgy games after the first international break last year. When we went to Swansea, then we had Newcastle, and I can't remember what the tour... Southampton at home, when we yeah. got beat one nil, looked terrible. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, the, this season is very much mirroring last season. The only difference is we have a runaway leader in Chelsea where we didn't have it last year. Um, but there's no... There's nothing there saying that maybe Chelsea goes and picks up a couple of injuries, loses Costa, maybe loses Fabregas, and then all of a sudden they get into a sticky spell, and then we're ready to come at them like a, like a train as we normally do after Christmas. So can we win the league? Maybe, but I'd be more concerned with making sure that we finish in the top three to consolidate our position in the Champions League. Uh, Neil, Champions League consolidation. Let's just talk about the Champions League before we focus on QPR for a second. Uh, we've all got that game that we're all looking forward to coming up. What's your take on the way we're set up, our current available personnel, and whether or not we can do them? We can beat Madrid. I mean, Madrid have lost daft games this season in their own domestic league. We can beat Madrid. If, you know, if both sides played, played at their very best, then we'd probably draw with them at home and lose them away. But there's no guarantees that both sides will play at their very best. Um, 
It's a real shame not to have storage for Madrid. I think we'll be fine today. But storage for Madrid, it's a shame for him. And that's important because it would, you know, you've got to remember that whilst he's been at Champions League clubs in the past, he was never getting to play for them in the big games. So it was a chance for him to go up against Real Madrid the and main say, man. Is, yeah, be yeah. the main man. And I think that that's a shame. But the reason why it's a shame for us is because what he'd have done was he'd have given them loads to worry about in terms of not being able to push that high up the pitch and compress the game and win it in midfield. And now that's a little easier for them. But that said, you know, they miss Di Maria a great deal whenever I've seen him a couple of times this season. And Di Maria was their best player last season, apart from Ronaldo. And that speed that, you know, that's too easily forgotten. He really looked apart for them. He was crucial for them in Europe, full stop. He was very good for them domestically. And they got rid of him for whatever reason. And, you know, they've, they've got obviously really good players everywhere. But so have we. I mean, you know, you, you look at that side today and Henderson is, I think, a player just about to explode. Um, I think, you know, he's about to explode in a European sense, in a league sense. I think he's about to go me mega. And then, you know, off that, you've still got Sterling there. The, the question is how you get the best out of Balotelli. And that's, I think that's, whilst this, there's this issue around storage of fitness, that's the key question. John, how do you get the best out of Balotelli? Well, I think he's got to do more. So, I mean, there's two ways of looking at it, really, is, is how, we, how we, we play with him. And I think we need to get players closer to them. I'm not sure the that the 4-2-3-1 is, is, is working too much for Balotelli. He seems very isolated. I think we need to get our wider forwards much nearer to him so we can link up with them, so we can so we can look to hold the ball up and pop things off. He looks well capable of doing that. He doesn't he doesn't give it away. He can he can you know hold up anything that you hit him with, but then he's looking for you know little layoffs and he seems to be very on his own. I think it'd be interesting to see today with Emre Sean starting that whether he pushes Gerard further forward, I thought towards the end of that West Brom game, Gerard further forward, linking up with Balotelli, looked really good. He's had good success with that. People think about his um, his link up play with, with Torres and, and how great that was. And of course it was, but he used to, he used to play really well with Peter Crouch. Gerard and he used to he used to look into balls into him when all the time. Got the hat trick at home to Arsenal. Yeah. Gerard was probably man of the match. Yeah, but but, but yeah, and uh, there was a, there was a, a game at Newcastle at home as well where where the two of them were were brilliantly together. So I think uh, they they seem to enjoy that. So I think I think that could be a way. And um, moving Gerard further forward, we'll, we'll possibly get more out of him. But also he's got to do he's got to do a bit more himself, and he's got to kind of. You know, learn, learn if you like how to play on his own, and and, and um, I think he's doing all right, and I think he's I think he's trying hard, and I think you know he's doing a lot more off the ball than what than what I think people were expecting of him. But I think in terms of his movements, when we've got the ball, I think he needs to be a much more of a threat. I think he's got to be thinking much more between the posts. What Rodgers calls it, doesn't he? But but it's right and get in much more da dangerous positions because it's a little bit too easy at the moment to defend against him. Yeah, he's not giving you any. He's not giving the ball away, but you ju he's just a little bit too predictable and he needs to be he needs to be thinking more you know play, having to go with playing on the on the defender's shoulder for a little bit and things like that because it's all in front of the defenders at the moment and they can kind of contain it really so he, he needs to, he needs to vary his game up a bit but i think he'll do all right uh phil john mentioned emory chan yes you like, like emory chan yes he's a very attractive man he is, <laughs> he is yeah um i'd have no comps um, uh, anyway yeah what's 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 his impact going to be today are you happy to see him in there it'll be interesting i'm hoping to see to, that we see the emery chan that played for leverkusen last year because we haven't seen that player yet we've only seen it in glimpses because he did appear to have some fitness issues after the preseason, and um, he seemed to not be able to find a second wind when he was on the pitch and he's had to struggle as he went along but 
hopefully with him and Henderson in, in the midfield today with Gerard, even if Gerard is pushed forward or forward or whatever, you have a lot of legs around there. And one of the things, going back to what the, the lads were saying around storage and the loss of storage and also the loss of some of our attack and verve that we have when we're without him, the pace, you know, the pace through counter-attacks and through transition, we've been missing that a bit because that was one of our key attacking forces last year. Um, and that's been really missing this year. Like with Balotelli, he is much more of a static frontman than, say, Suarez or Sturridge would be. And what we need to do is make the, have the likes of Lalan and Sterling provide that pace in counter-attack, which will, again, bring our goal threat back into the side. Emery Chan allows that because he's able to burst from midfield, take on players and get through the midfield fairly quickly. With that lovely hair of his. Um, Neil, you want to talk a little bit about Balotelli? Yeah, the other, the other Balotelli thing, and you, you, you asked John about it there, and he's right to say you should do a little bit more. Hello, one of the issues around, around Balotelli is good play, really good players uh, as, de- as much defined by the way in which they use their strengths as by their strengths. So one of the issues at the moment with Balotelli, for instance, what John's talking about, about being between the posts, he fancies himself scoring 25 yarders. In the same way that when Suarez first arrived in the first half season under Rodgers and the season under Dalglish, Suarez would think, I'm fucking brilliant at dribbling, you know, lads. So just get me the ball and I'll go past all of them and I'll put it in the bottom corner. And he'd try and do it all the time. And Balotelli, you're watching him at the moment and he's going, I, I, I can bang a 25-yarder. I, I can strike the ball beautifully. I'll just do that because I can't see what the other options are. And I think that, you know, he's got to be shown what the other options are. The other options have got to be there. But as John was saying, one of those other options has got to be, you might strike it brilliantly from 25 yards, but you'll strike it better from 15. Go and do that. And that's, that's where, you know, the Rodgers line about educating rather than, rather than um, c- coaching, educating his footballers. That's what, with Balotelli, that's what needs to happen. And, and he's made the right noises this week that he intends to be educated. Dave, how do you feel um, Balotelli's responding to that education by Brendan? Well, I think he gets a raw deal, Balotelli, if I'm honest. I think we have to remember he's seven games into a career with a side that has a really well-defined way of playing. And we all think it's mad and crazy and oh, we score six or seven goals, but like it's something that's been really well-designed. And I think that Rodgers is caught between two stools, whether does he change the system to suit his new striker or does he ask for a little bit more out of his striker to fit into that system? And I think, to be fair, up until now, what he's tried to do is to ask a little bit more about Balotelli. You know, what's interesting is I watched a documentary on Messi, and while not comparing the players, uh, when Messi was really young, he scored loads of goals by dribbling past six or seven men. And then Guardiola pulled him to one side after he scored a goal against Valencia and said, you will never score a goal like that again because you are never going to pick up the ball 30 yards away from goal anymore. So to, to Neil's point about getting Balotelli to understand where he could be more effective, even the best players in the world have to be told, you might be able to beat six or seven players, but actually just beat two and then score. And I think for Balotelli... He has this unbelievable physical presence, and the challenge for him is going to be listening to someone like Rogers in where he can be most devastated in doing that. Personally, I've seen signs of it. I, th- I think he's had actually had a pretty decent start. Goals aside, if he scores against Everton, I think actually we're talking about a different player. Um, so, so I actually think he's, he's very open to it. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how he does today with more players around him. I think it would be really interesting to see how he does today because cause hopefully the management and coaches have had a little bit of time to work with him. And I think one of the things about having these extra games, look, we wanted the extra games, we wanted to be in the Champions League, it's brilliant. We're playing Real Madrid on Wednesday and it's going to be great. But the games are just are really, really thick and fast and we're not used to it. And last year, you could tell that, that Brendan Rodgers was having a full week with his players because the, the, 
the players and the team were developing week on week, and we could all see it. You know, they were getting better. Henderson was getting better every week. You know, Sterling was getting better every week, and you know, the team were understanding each other more, and they were and they were, they were working together all week on the training ground and working on things. This time, you haven't got it. You play Saturday. You know, your day off Sunday. You know, Monday's the second day rest that um, that everyone's talking about now. It's big that job. It's big. Yeah, they're all they're all they're all swimming or something, aren't they? I've, I've got Tuesday booked off after this. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get anything out of Neil two days after the tell you he's, he's such a diva. Um, so so yeah, so Monday the swimming or whatever or or in the steam room, and then Tuesday you know you you've got a game on Wednesday, so you're doing tactical stuff around that. So it's all about who's playing, you know, how are we going to play, what are the things we've got to look out for. So there's very little time to actually work with players now. You know, in this, it's all about you know you're just preparing for the next game and recovering from the last one. With two weeks off, Balotelli didn't get in the Italy squad, and he's actually. There's been quite a few of them who he's been able to work with in this time, and I'm hoping that we'll see the, the you know the kind of rewards from that today. Phil, from some of the best players in the world, talk to me a little bit about naked selfie guru Jose Enrique, who starts today. Yeah, <laughs> genuinely, I, I I absolutely adore Jose Enrique, not for football, but just for what he brings to the team. Because I'm sure when he's in the dressing room, what does he bring to the team? Fun. That uh, Dubai picture, the one where he was in the reflection and he, he strategically placed himself. He, he, that wasn't just a spontaneous shot. I'd say there's about 19 shots that will come out in the, next, yeah, in, 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 in the next... In the next leak from uh, the, the iCloud, we'll see all the real shots that went on. <laughs> and we get to measure the man as well. But, anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I, I really love his enthusiasm. Even this morning, he's tweeting pictures of Moreno and Manquillo playing FIFA. Now, it's clear that he locked them in the room, ran off yeah, yeah. <laughs> to get a game today. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a dastardly streak in, in Enrique. But the one thing about Enrique is he's like a broken watch. Like, he will be right twice in a game. And then the rest of the time, you just don't know what's going to happen with him. He's just completely nuts. Um, but he's not a bad... Like, if, if we're looking at Moreno, we've, we've looked at such an improvement in, in our left back that we've ha- we haven't had for years that he's actually a very good backup in, in real terms. He's a good, solid Premiership player. Like, you know, he, he, he does have his mad spells, but every player has his mad spells. He's, he's used to what we want to do as well, which Moreno's getting more used to what we want to do, but he's still not even... Obviously, Moreno is a better player now and will be a, better, a much better player in six months. But Enrique does lots of little bits and pieces that Rodgers wants to do. And basically, we need to stop crossing. Just stop the crossing. Get to the byline. Get into the box, look for a pullback, then put it in the air if you want to, if you've got Ballo there, but just stop whipping aimless balls in from 35 yards. Moreno had started to stop that, Manquillo hadn't. And, but what Enrique gives, gives you here is he'll look to come and join in in midfield, he'll look to do something mad like Phil's saying, he'll then look to do a little layoff, he might try a back heel, but it'll all happen in an area where Liverpool want to be playing, they want to be probing around a penalty area. Neil, leading straight from that to the far side, and it's interesting you mentioned about stop crossing, it's interesting you mentioned about Keogh. Glenn Johnson starts, which is going to be controversial for an awful lot of people, but I know you'd be a little bit more in favour than most. Yeah, because he does what we want him to do, other than in key moments where he does the absolute opposite of what we want him to do. And that's the problem with Glenn Johnson at the moment, you know, is that, you know, it's, you're, you're, worried about, you're worried about bits and pieces of his game, but he gets Liverpool up the pitch, he doesn't just lash the ball in, he can cut inside, but the major thing about Glenn Johnson is no matter how good you think he is, Queen's Park Rangers think he's boss. <laughs> and what they'll do is when Glenn Johnson's got the ball, they'll send someone to go and deal with Glenn Johnson. They'll have a plan already for Glenn Johnson. They're not worried about what are we going to do about Glenn Johnson. Now, those of you who've decided Glenn Johnson's shite, 
would therefore say? Would therefore say? Why would they bother with that? Just let Glenn Johnson have the ball and eventually he'll forget he's put his shoes on and kick it into touch. And you might be right. But what will happen is one, maybe two players will have to come and close Glenn Johnson down because when he has it in that final third, he can do anything with the ball. He could go outside you. He could come inside you and look to shoot. He could play a through ball. So you've got to send two men to deal with him. And when you send two men to deal with Glenn Johnson, you're creating space elsewhere. Whereas when we've been playing Mankio, we've been coming up against sides, and I thought Paul Lambert's Villa was the best example of it, where what they did was they just went, make them pass to Mankio, and then let him have the ball. Just let him have the ball. Just He's got the ball. Let him have it. It's his ball and then he'll do something that will almost certainly result in possession coming back to us. And what you can't do if you're trying to stretch sides and you're trying to do it in wide areas, and John's talking about get people closer to Balotelli, if you've got Glenn Johnson and he's a threat and he comes down on the overlap, then it allows someone to cut in, they all get closer, and hopefully more space opens up. But fundamentally, there's loads of traction in the Phil Casey, Glenn Johnson is shit argument. There's loads of traction in it, but while Harry Redknapp doesn't think so, then Glenn Johnson's worth playing ahead of Mankeo. Dave, do you want to give the water down Phil Casey, Glenn Johnson is shit argument? I'm not sure I can do Phil justice on this now, but what I would say is that uh, Johnson's playing against his future employers today, so I think he's guaranteed a good game. <laughs> Hence, I think... If, if anyone's going to give him a five-year deal on 100 Harry's grand, right it's, there, it's keep you on, look, look at that smiling bastard right there. He's going to take, <laughs> he's going to take Glenn Johnson off our hands. He doesn't know, only, only the chairman knows that one. I think the watered-down version of Phil's objection to Johnson goes something like, he's terrible going forward, terrible going backwards, some, something like that. Yeah. Um, and and it's, it, to be fair, it's, a, it's something I kind of subscribe to myself. My, my argument on Johnson is that I can't remember the last good game he had. Like, I can't remember the last time that he played. He's playing for his future now, though, isn't he? I hope he'll be a bit of a... a Cardiff City his... away. He was excellent against Cardiff. <laughs> he said the bottom of goal against Cardiff away, and he was genuinely excellent all game. It was his last Rolls-Royce performance, but he was also great last autumn. We forget that he was great last autumn. He, he put on a series of really good games. I together. actually don't disagree with you, because it was the full, he got injured after the Fulham game, and from then on, he's been an abjectly poor player, right? And even bar the Car- like Cardiff City, I can remember, I think he was good for one half. The second half, he, was, he started to go naywall again. My issue with Johnson is that we remember him as the player... We weren't going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Here he we said, no, 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 no. It's not, it's not our fault he's been picked. <laughs> No, but, an agenda here, Paul. Sorry, sorry. I won't, I won't go into the full argument. But anyway, the, the issue with Johnson for me is that we remember the player that we signed and he was exceptional in terms of the attack and threat that you're talking about. And I think, conversely, teams have stopped paying attention to Glenn Johnson and that's become the issue. Well, he used to get himself out of an awful lot of poor positioning by his pace and his pace isn't there anymore. So that's how he seems to get caught out of position a lot more. And for me, given that we aren't scoring as many goals as we did to weaken our defence by putting him in is a bigger issue for me than necessarily what he's going to provide on the other end of the pitch. I think it's an options thing as well, though, isn't it? If John Flanagan's injured, maybe he'd have started right back this season. I don't know. Um, he, he can't play. Manquil, Manquil is a funny one. If you, if you watch him, if, if, you, if you've been this season, the player's kind of talking through it. He hasn't played many games of football, Manquil. People so kind of fewer than 20 league starts. For anyone. So people, people kind of, I think people kind of assume that, like, you know, he's played a year or something in Spain and then we bought him. He hasn't. He wasn't getting in the team. And so, he, so he's come in and as, a, as a reserve from someone else and has played. And he's done all right, don't get me wrong. I think he's done okay. 
but the players talk, are talking him through it and Gerard's there and he's, he's saying push up and they're always telling him where he should be and not from a defensive point of view but more where we've got the ball you know you need to be pushing up there and he's, he's taking up other people's time and focus as well whereas when Glenn Johnson came on for him last game against West Brom everyone's just kind of relaxed more and, and just, just by him knowing where he should be on a football pitch it kind of improved us really so I think in terms of options what we have at the moment um, he is our best bet but it'd be interesting to see how he does with his future uncertain and it'd be interesting to see what happens uh, when we do get Flanagan back first uh, goal scorer nailed on <laughs> yeah Og uh, Neil could you could you maybe try and rescue the mood and maybe make a stream <laughs> bro <laughs> I, I, I was I was just thinking how dreamy your jacket is. I'm, 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 I was uh, I'm glad I whacked the jumper out. I hummed and hard about this jumper, but seeing Trev's jacket, I think I've done all right. Um, <laughs> it's fucking tween, mate. What's it is. Fun? No, it's splendid. It's, he, always, it's, he always looks. He always looks terrific, Trev. He's it, always very well turned out. It's got it's got a lovely, lovely, uh, delicate sort of pinstripe in there going down that you can just see at the edge of your colour palette. I've just got <laughs> I've got orange and black. I've not got Trev Downey's subtlety. Um, I think. What, what makes me really optimistic still about the season to come is what's going to happen as they, as they gel with one another. And I think that we still haven't given that. Uh, and Young Children sing songs pre-match. That also makes me really optimistic. Uh, we, we haven't really given... You know, they're going to come together as a unit. And I agree with John, which is that it's harder at the moment for them to coalesce given there's been injuries, given the fact that the game's come thick and fast. But fundamentally, they're still coached by the same manager who got them playing that way last season. And I think we're about, hopefully, to hit a sort of a run where the league games are a little bit more straightforward. Obviously, you know, you can't take anyone for granted. Certainly not Hull when you see what they did at Arsenal uh, just this weekend. But they are a little bit more straightforward. They're going to ask a couple, a few less questions. And I think that if we can just begin to hit our groove a little bit, get going in there. The West Brom result was huge for the football club, I think, because it would have meant that those patches of games, and that's the way they do it. They don't look, like for instance, they'll be, they'll be looking at the next run of games between now and, um, and the next international break. They'll be saying, this is the number of points we expect. It'll probably be 10. They'll probably have set the players a target of 10. And the reason why they do that, supposedly, is so that what you don't do is say, you know, if you've lost against QPR or drawn against QPR, everything's lost. That's what they don't do. What happened with the last patch of games was we weren't making that minimum point requirement. We, we nailed it on for ourselves after those first two results against Villa and West Ham. And it was massive that we got the win against West Brom because it made it not quite as bad as it could have been. And I think from this stage onwards, if we can get a win today, and I think we will, and I think the additional energy that Jan offers you alongside Henderson in there as well is massive for a high-intensity game that gets about the opposition. And that's what we're about. And we're still better capable... You watch City, and City give you a chance. City in every single game against everyone they face, they're brilliant for approximately 15 minutes in each half, and that's where they're winning games. Whereas we can be that high-intensity force you saw last season. That's not changed. All of those players who can do that are still there, with the exception of Suarez. But they're all still there. They're all those players. Sterling's still that player. Henderson's still that player. Allen's still that player. Jan's still that player. And Lallana can be that player. And other lads in there can come in and, and come on from there. So I basically think that, you know, obviously if you're gonna if, if we're talking about this book at half time and we're 2-0 down, you're all gonna want me dead. <laughs> but I think that this is today's big, West Brom was big, and I think that that'll be two on the bounce, and I think two on the bounce will become three, I think three will become four, and then what will be will be against Chelsea. 
Uh, before we actually start, maybe take a couple of questions from you guys and get predictions. Dave Thomas, let's talk about just for from a few you guys about the um, about the uh, forward the forward setup in the team and the way we're lining up today. And how do you expect that to work? Well, I, I think I think there's a lot of rumours that Gerard is going to play further forward. I think the inclusion of Jean kind of suggests that. Whether that's in the number ten or whether that's just further forward than he's been playing as in not the deepest, which for me the 10 makes more sense than the middle. Um, it means the players are going to be closer to Balotelli and I think that's what we've, I think a lot of people have watched him and that's what we've been pushing for. I really like Lalana. I, you know, I think Lalana has looked better in every game and I said it actually on our last pod but you've got to remember this is Lalana's fifth game so he's still in pre-season. Coutinho played seven games in pre-season. You know, Lalana's played five games. So he's still in pre-season in terms of his own fitness, his own ability to you know, perform at the peak of his level. So I still think he's got a bit of a way to go. But I think he's being exceptional. I think his relationship with Henderson is really important. I think Gerard, if he is playing further forward, is naturally going to have a little bit more energy to his game because he, he'll be more excited being closer to the goal. Gerard can finish, Balotelli can finish. And I, you know, just to piss all the English uh, media off, I think Sterling will have a great game today. <laughs> There's, there's a Ralph Ragnick line, which is that uh, players run faster running forward than running backwards. And I wonder if that's the next thing that Gerard needs. He needs, and I think he played well in the holding role the day of the last season. But one of the reasons why was the whole team was playing really well. And also, he was doing so much of what he was doing looking forward. We haven't been quite as good so far this season, so he's had more to do. But he's had it running backwards. And it might be that for a few games, it might be that he ends up reverting back again but that Gerard running forwards will find more energy. It's simply better. You've all played the game. You, you know, any sort of level, you know yourself, when you're running forwards, when you're aggressive, when you want to make it happen, you, you're enjoying your football a lot more, and it might be that that's what Gerard needs. Phil, before I ask John Gibbons to go around and talk to a few people here if they have any questions, do you want to finish off on an uncharacteristically upbeat note? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, great. <laughs> Solid <laughs> advice. Yeah, he's, he's done that there for Should you. Should do the team talk. <laughs> Thanks for that, mate. We're in. <laughs> no, no, seriously, looking at Sterling there, just as, as, as the lads were talking, and, and looking at what he does when he's in full flow, and he's, he's more or less had a four week's rest as well. Like, I know we were joking about the tiredness earlier on, but like, he's had a four week's rest, which is the first one he's had for a while. He's, you know, they're coming in the same with Henderson. With England playing so early last week, those players effectively had a week off in, in, in real terms to what they normally would have had. And um, like, I, I, I can see us going out today. We've had a lot of players who've had the rest and time as well because they weren't with the national teams because they're coming back from injury. And I think this is probably potentially one of our most energetic performances that we have in front of us. And if that goes horribly wrong, then I'm going at halftime. <laughs> I think that's wise. I think that's wise. Uh, right, I suppose we should just open it up then. If anyone has any questions, is there anyone who wants to put a question to the lads here before we move on? Or we can go straight to predictions. Tom did, Lloyd? Tom did, Lloyd? Did never have questions, Trevor. Did never have questions? Did never have never questions. Have this before? Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have to be about football. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. Jacket if you want. Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> Okay, well, why don't, why don't we start wrapping this up then? We're getting a bit of a prediction of how you think it's going to go. Neil, why do you start us? Uh, would you accept peace goal? Um, we haven't had one this season, really, a proper one, one that you'll, you know, first or second goal in a game. QPR look dreadful at the back. They're playing uh, Richard Dunn today, and that's an improvement. So, I think. Oh. That, sorry? Oh. 
Yeah, I think that that's, that's telling you something. I personally think they should be contractually obliged to play Ferdinand. You bought him, lad. You should have to pick him. Um, but I think that Liverpool today should be able to make a bit of joy, sorry, get a bit of joy from QPR. I'd be looking at... I fancy... I actually did a betting thing, which I've never done before in my life. And uh, I said, uh, Lovren to score any time. Uh, Henderson maybe to get the first. But I think, crucially, Liverpool will win the game by two goals and maybe more. But I'd say uh, Liverpool 3-1. John? Yeah, I said 3-1 on the radio on Friday, so I'll stick with it. It's 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 quite okay. You know, we're, we're, we're often as one, Neil. (laughs) <laughs> I went, this is a, a random story where I went to a gig on Friday and I was on the guest list and then they, they pointed to Neil and said is that your plus one and I was like in every possible way <laughs> um, but yeah 3-1 to, to, to the Reds I think we'll play well and I think Sterling will score this is all very good Dave uh, we'll win 4-0 do you want to yes Dave love oh, that I'll tell you what and where are we going after yeah <laughs> Pointless turning up expecting to lose, lads. <laughs> Dave, this fellow does karaoke, you know, behind. I'm just lashing it out there. Do you have forever in blue jeans? Because I heard that's Neil's favourite. Oh, I tell you what. Uh, right, and uh, we need to remind everyone that at half time, the lads are going to be chatting about Maker Stream. We'll do five minutes at half time. What's really important, we want to get off now because basically we shouldn't just be us talking. You, you want to talk about the game as well and, and all that sort of stuff. We'll just do five minutes at half time just to talk briefly about the book. We're selling it for 15 euros and signing it. It'd be great if you've got any five euro notes. Um, <laughs> we're, we're, selling it, we're selling it from now, so anytime you want to get yeah, one, just go over. Just come and grab us and we'll, we'll sort it out. We'll be mooching about the place. I'll be at the bar and um, we will be sorting that out. But also, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just do five minutes at half time, no more than that. And then, um, yeah, we'll get, get back on it and we'll be downstairs afterwards still selling a few as well. Basically, there's loads of opportunities to buy the book. Just, uh, just, just, just come and speak to us and make sure you've got a five euro note. All the best. All right, before we finish then, I'll hand over to Sai because I know you want uh, to say something. Prediction, Phil. 4 0 to QPR. Thank you. <laughs> can, I say, can I just say very quickly a massive thank you to Sai and also for uh, the Irish Reds for having us? John said before, and we'll, I'll probably say it again at half time, but things like this are really, really important. You're all doing it anyway, so you know that it's important, but everywhere we go in the world, everyone, we, there's a fellow called Hunter. And Hunter came to see us in the first time we did New York. And Hunter got a train for two hours. This is in America. He got a train for two hours and he got two planes to come and watch the game with us in New York and be around Liverpool supporters. And he'd literally never done it before because he lives in the remotest place in the United States from the way in which he describes it. Having people to watch football with, having people to get to know through football, John said it, it's absolutely huge. And the work that you're doing here, that size doing here, that everyone is doing to get this venue, to get the bar open for you, to get it moving forward, it's worth more of a round of applause than all the words we've just said in our book. So give us a round of applause for the size. say you're into yoga or pilates or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me either way you know being flexible is key to doing what you love that's why smoothie king created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us with whole fruits and organic veggies plus type 2 collagen make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health so try the stretch and flex smoothie and tart cherry or pineapple kale order online today for pickup or delivery smoothie king rule the day
All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. Sports Social Podcast Network.